Welcome to the Chad Cargill ACT Test Prep Podcast, coming to you from the Ollie Ray Ranch in Choctaw, Oklahoma. It is great to be with you for episode 12. My goal is to give practical tips to help you increase ACT scores, qualify for college, and win those much-needed scholarships. We'll talk colleges, careers, and most of all, test-taking strategies and tips. We've got a great episode for you this week. We are talking about why junior college is a great option. And to do that, we're going to talk with Dr. Jeannie Webb, who is president of Rose State College in Midwest City, Oklahoma. I've got a lot of ties to that college, and I'll talk about that in the interview. My daughter is currently attending there, and if you've been to my class, you know I've talked very highly of Rose State and just community colleges in general. So I'm excited to talk to you about how you might want to consider community colleges, what it might provide for you, and some of the advantages. And there's really no better way that we can learn that than from someone who is a product of community college herself. Dr. Webb is an engaging person. If you ever meet her uh, just out and about, you're, you're going to be like, wow, she's got great energy. You're going to sense that in this interview today. Uh, she's also a fellow adoptive mom and has a beautiful family. I just want you to listen and enjoy uh, her passion for community colleges, and hopefully you'll be able to take some of these advantages uh, of them and see if it's a good fit for you. And I know it's not for everyone, but I think a lot of people are not even considering the community college route, and maybe we should. All right, so let's get started with Dr. Webb, and let's talk about why junior college is a great option. Well, Dr. Webb, it is great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining. Well, I am extremely uh, pleased to be here with you today. Well, I've got a great connection to Rose. My daughter, Casey, goes to Rose and absolutely loves it. But I've got a long history with Rose State. Uh, My mom graduated from there in her 30s. um, And I I took summer classes there. My wife took summer classes there. Our oldest son took summer classes there. My brother was even an adjunct professor in economics there. So I got quite a tie. But start by sharing with the listeners your background and how you got to Rose State. I think it's always important to talk about because I was one of those first generation uh, students, like many of our students are. And, uh, you know, I started out, I would tell you, a very uh, humble beginning. I lived in East Tulsa and uh, my mom was actually at the time called a data entry keyboard operator. And my dad was a barber. (laughs) But my dad, about uh, age 36, had a stroke. And so... You know, I'm just going through high school like normal kids, but really with no one encouraging college. Yes, yes. And then I had this opportunity, which was kind of like a dream. Uh, NEO A&M College yes. offered me a full ride if I would come down and, of all things, help them start and work with a Palm squad. Oh, that's great. But if it had not been for that, I would have never had an opportunity. So um, I went to NEO A&M. And then in the middle, after my first year, my dad had another stroke. And so I had to go home and I had to commute. Well, I already was able and had enough hours that I could complete there. And then I started and I commuted my first semester to Northeastern State University. I transferred there. And then after we got my dad kind of healthy and I wasn't having to work full time along with my mom, um, I moved that summer and I went to NSU. And anyway, I, so I got my bachelor's degree in three years, went directly, got my master's in a year, 
Um, I started at Northeastern State as a very young faculty member, and I drove back and forth to Oklahoma State University to get my doctorate degree. So, uh, you know, my background to get to Rose, so I got hired at Northeastern. I was a young faculty. I had been in student affairs. I moved to academic affairs and ultimately became the dean of their, what they were building a branch campus in called in Muskogee. So as dean of that, and then ultimately I moved and became dean at the university center in Tulsa. And, uh, but the way I got to Rose was their president and uh, one of their board members actually came to take a tour when I was at the Muskogee campus and started talking to me. And you have to remember, I like new things. because <laughs> like I started the weekend college at yeah. So I like new things. So uh, they had a theater and uh, a job as associate VP of external affairs. And of course, being my basic personality, I thought that would be really fun to start something completely new and then became vice president of student affairs and then ultimately uh, president. But it was, it's been a lifetime uh, ride. There is no certain way sure. I can tell you that to get anywhere to go. But I love Rose State. This is my calling. And one of the reasons I came to Rose is I am a community college person. I am a first generation and I can relate so much to these students. And I love small classes and colleges that can truly care. We can wrap our arms around our students. I first want to start with, you're the Rose State Raiders. And so my daughter, Casey, um, for those listening, she's on the Student Senate there at Rose and in the President's Leadership Council. And uh, she had a Student Senate legislation to honor uh, the person that Rose State Raiders is named after. And I just wanted to take a moment with you and let you explain why we're the Rose State Raiders. Well, there's a good reason that we are the Rose State Raiders. And of course, you know, your daughter headed up a legislative project to uh, honor James Doolittle. And he was the head person of the Raiders. And the Raiders in World War II were the people that went in, the daredevils, quite frankly, that risked their life. And he headed that out, headed that up. He was a colonel. And the Doolittle Raiders went in and bombed, of course, Japan and kind of changed the whole projection of where the war was and who we were. And, uh, you know, uh, they had tenacity, uh, energy, the Doolittle Raiders. And we're right across the street from Tinker Air Force Base. So Raiders is completely appropriate, and we have a mascot that's really cool looking. He's kind of a rough and tumble pilot, and uh, the Raiders is so perfect because it ties perfectly into all the aerospace and all of the work that we do with Tinker Air Force. So it's kind of honor them, but we're also tied so closely, and so... Um, and we're a little daring ourselves as a community <laughs> college, so we thought uh, Raiders was perfect. A lot of people will talk about going to a junior college or community college, and you'll hear the word used, settling. Uh, I'm, I'm settling, or you know, I'm settling for a junior college, or I'm just going to my community college. I never once considered Casey choosing Rose State as her settling for Rose, and she could have gone to most schools, not an Ivy League school or something to that degree, but she could have gotten into a lot of great universities. But I think Rose was just a great fit for her. I never considered it as her settling. Can you just 
address that for a moment? Why is choosing Rose or your local community college not settling? Well, there's a lot of reasons it's not settling. First, a lot of the kids that end up at larger schools or other places, sometimes it really has more to do with their parents wanting, you know, the name brands. But what they don't realize is if you start at a community college, first off, it is very inexpensive. And yet we have full-time faculty that are teaching these kids in a classroom or adults with a 20 to one ratio. We have early alert systems. We case manage them. We help them. I mean, it's love to see them. They become confident young people, or if they're an adult, they're scared. And we need to build that confidence. I think to come to a community college for me, since I went to one, it was a game changer. Um, having that support, having those mentors, being able to get plugged in yeah. or connected yeah. with one of the 50 or 60 different organizations. Um, it's flexible. You know, we provide everything from in-person to what we call flex scheduling. You can take it by Zoom or online or in-person. We have hybrid classes. We have two-week, four-week, eight-week, 16-week it goes on and on of all of the things, but I think the most important uh, thing about a community college is that that relationship that they're actually able to develop with a faculty. And I think we help prepare them and we partner with all of our university partners anyway. I mean, like at Rose, we've got, you know, the majority of our students go to either OU, UCO or OSU because they're the closest in proximity. And um, we get them ready. And so by the time they get into their major, they're in regular, you know, 40 or 50 uh, classes, you know, students per ratio instead of the 300 or the 600, if you're taking the general ed. First two years, I think it's important to know this, is you take the exact same classes, no matter where you go. You have to have your general ed. So I think um, there's nothing that has meant more to me than a community college. And I can tell you, at this person at least, as a president, I love it. There is nowhere better to be. They get to know the people. They get connected to the campus. They're successful. We work with the adult population. We work with the traditional. We, pr- we have housing here and athletics so we can take the traditional student and it can be a university experience at a community college or we can take the adult student and we can provide online or if they want to come in class or take night classes the flexibility and the price and the ability to get involved at a community college i don't think there's a greater opportunity really amazing how like you said a lot of those classes are the same and it's, it gives you a great start. And there's a lot of advantages to it. And, you know, I'll, I'll do workshops in Iowa or Nebraska or, uh, you know, Arkansas, wherever. And people like I'm in Arkansas. People always say, oh, well, I want to go to U of A. And so we start talking about Fayetteville and, you know, how expensive it's going to cost. But yet, you know, we could we could go to our local school um, and uh, the community college and those classes would transfer if that's what you decided to do. Or you could save a lot of money. The transition could be easier. So definitely a lot of uh, advantages to it. I, I like the line you've used, uh, going somewhere starts here. It's so much cheaper and the classes transfer. And I'd love for you to just address that briefly. I would. Um, the cost is significantly different. You know, you can come to a community college 
and it is going to be at least half less than if you went to a university and many times 75% less. Incredible. Um, I mean, it's all about cost, cost, cost. And my deal is I don't want students to start their life out in debt because it takes so many years to pay those college loans off. Yes. And, you know, think about it. You could come to Rose State for $4,600. You can transfer to any college that you want. There's an articulation agreement to any college. And if you've got those first two years at a really low, um, less expensive, then you're going to have more money when you get through, obviously, but you're also going to have more money that you can spend when you go to the next college because colleges have gone up in price you know, because of budgets and things. So, you know, I personally don't know why anyone would want to come to a community college. Uh, I'll do workshops in uh, West Texas and students will say, man, I just really want to uh, go to Baylor, and we start talking about you know sixty, eighty thousand dollars a year. Even if you got half in scholarships, you're still paying thirty, forty thousand a year. You're going to graduate with a hundred, hundred twenty thousand dollars in debt, and man, that's going to stick with you for a long time. And it's going to be hard on your marriage. And we could just go on and on. Man, a, a two-year community college as a start, and all that transfers. That could be an amazing transition. So my mom uh, got her associates from Rose. Um, she studied music theory, got her associates from Rose. Um, and that's been some time ago, but she did that. Uh, I remember I, w- I went to classes with her at Rose. I remember she would do evening classes and I would go with her even. And I just remember it so well. I remember her graduation there. It was amazing. And kind of a backstory on that. I attended my mom's high school graduation. So it was the second graduation of hers I had attended. And uh, it was so special. To the parents that are listening, tell them why Rose and community colleges are great opportunities for the non-traditional student. Well, you know, the wonderful thing about a community college is whether you're traditional or like your mom, an adult student, there's that opportunity. I think first you would have to say flexible. You have to have flexibility for adult students. Many of them are working full-time, they have kids, they have lots of responsibilities. So you've got to be able to provide. Do they want that in-class experience? Do they want that online? Do they want to Zoom? Uh, Do they want to take night classes? So you've got to provide a lot of variety of classes for them. And a lot of times the adult students, people don't think about this, but they need a little extra bit of attention because they've been out of school for a little sure you bet and they've forgotten that math and they've forgotten some of that stuff and uh you know we've got a great great tutoring center and then there's a program that we have in higher ed called reach higher which allows those students to come back and to kind of be with an advisor that understands that program and if they've had hours taking classes in their lifetime before that we can add those hours into that program so bringing them back uh, to class, and in fact, the, the area your mom graduated in, our humanities area, actually even gives a little added boost because they've got um, training and tutoring within their area to help students get back into English, math, and reading. So I think we try to provide everything we can to help them. I'll go to the University of Arkansas uh, Ozark campus, and the Ozark campus, will their administration will come up and share and I'm like, there are some great programs here and incredible job placements. So 
Let's talk from Rose's perspective. What are some of the flagship programs that you offer? And I know the dental program is huge there. And so would you just address those for a moment? Sure. Well, you know, if you start out with our health science program, there's there's several, you know, major areas that you can get out and get a job. And our health science, of course, like we've got dental, you know, hygiene, we've got dental assisting, we've got nursing, uh, we've got radiology, we've got respiratory therapy, um, we've got medical laboratory assistance, um, and a couple other programs that are real big at Rose State. We do cybersecurity, and we're one of only three institutions in the state of Oklahoma that actually has the six certifications. And, and that's the thing when people talk about cyber, you've got to have certifications if you're going to work in the aerospace or the Tinker Air Force Base. We have the only uh, testing center in the Oklahoma City area, and we just got a $900,000 grant to build a uh, cyber center to add on to ours. Another big one, of course, for us is aerospace. And we do something called, and I think this is important to know, it's an aerospace pathway. So we work with career tech, and then after they get a certain program there and they pass their FAA, they can come to Rose State and we can give them a certain number of credit hours. Then they get an associate degree here in aerospace, and then they can move on to the University of Oklahoma or Southeastern or one of our other programs, and it takes them all the way from, you know, really high school all the way through. And, and the thing about that program is you can stop out after career tech, you can stop out after an associate degree, you know, because there are so many degrees, especially in our area, and engineering is another one for us, big. I mean, when you've got, you know, your Northrop Grumman's and your Boeing's and your Pratt Whitney's and your Moog and all those aerospace and all the tinker people, so engineering is a big program, but I would never, ever want to forget our liberal arts in the humanities and social science because you've got criminal justice programs that are important. You've got in the business um, beyond the cyber, you know, we've got a manufacturing program. We have a 3D printer um, that was uh, given to us by Moog, and we are right now, as we speak today, making 200 masks for Alliance Health uh, to protect their employees during the COVID-19. So we have Manufacturing Alliance. We do all different academic programs. But, you know, I could talk all day about all the programs that are important. But I'll stop with those because, you know, I can get overly excited about what I do. If a student is out there going, you know, I know that community college is close to me. Man, I, I just really want to go to the bigger university because I want that, you know, I want to get involved in stuff. I think it's probably fair to tell that student that the community college is going to be what you make it. It's what you put into it. What would you tell those students who are saying, yeah, I might go there, but I'm kind of hesitant because I don't know. How, what would you tell them about getting involved? So the first thing I do is I bring them on campus to show them everything that we have. And then I would tell them, look, we have housing, we have athletics, we have 50 different organizations, whether it be student center, an athletic intramural club, a theater club. I mean, we have something for everyone at a community college, and it's all about, and I don't care which college you go to, if it's a research or a community college, you have to get connected. And the only way to get connected is to belong to something and get in an organization that means something to you, that gets you excited, 
and that makes you want to be on that campus and you got to attend things. You got to yeah, be active. That's it. That's, it's all about being active. Uh, it's exactly what you said. A college is what you make it. Okay. So what would a student do? Let's say we have a listener in Kansas wants to find out about his local community college. What's the first step? Does he need to contact their high school college relations department? How would we get that tour set up or find out about that? What, you know, those groups that he could get involved in, uh, how could that high school senior start that process? Well, normally when we're in school and we're not in the middle of COVID-19, the counselor, you know, would connect them with our student engagement office. But now for the high school students that are out there wondering, they just need to go directly, get involved, get a tour of the campus. Very first step, call your student engagement office, your student recruitment office, get a tour of that campus because they're going to tell you every opportunity that there is on that college. And once you take a tour and you can get excited about that campus, because really until you go on a campus, any campus, you don't really know what they've got to offer. Right. And I think it's important for those students. And the students right now, I mean, it's a little different period, but, but you know, we're doing everything. We're doing Zoom. We're doing all kinds of Zoom tours and we're enrolling them by Zoom and we're giving them a list of all the activities because come August 1, we're ready to go. Yep. I mean, we're ready to go full force. We've got a brand new student union that's opening. We've got a second phase of housing. So, you know, you got to get on that campus to see what they have to offer. Does a student need to make appointments? Would a student need to say, hey, I'm interested in nursing, so I need to make an appointment to meet with someone in that department? What, what kind of things do you think students should do so they really understand what's offered? Well, I think the best thing really, honestly, once again, is to call that student engagement office and then they can arrange those appointments for nursing or um, cyber or whatever you're interested in and actually take you over because they know the people and introduce you to the right people on the campus. You know, I've had students and parents tell me, yeah, I went on the tour, but we didn't accomplish much. And so, you know, I'll just say, well, uh, who'd you meet with? And sometimes there's, there's, they'll say, well, there wasn't much more than we just kind of walked around and looked at some buildings. And I say, look, if you're going to make an effort to go toward that school, then that trip must be purposeful. You got to think through what's my purpose. What am I going to try to accomplish? And you got to make sure you, you know who you can meet with. So you can come out of that uh, with some substance. I want to know, who is the rep that handles my high school? That's a great place to start um, with community college or a large college. Either way, we must be intentional. Don't just waste your time. And I think what you say is so true. Sometimes um, when kids go on a tour, they're kind of timid. You got to ask the questions. You're exactly right. I agree with you. A side note for students listening and parents, uh, parents, if you're listening, look, please tell your student to introduce him or herself to the college rep when she comes to your kid's high school. When, when a college rep comes to a high school, the absolute worst thing that can happen is for that rep to stand at that table for one hour and stare at kids walking by. It, it's just terrible. Listen, tell your, tell your kids, you walk up to that person and you go, hi, I'm Chad Cargill from Hera High School. It's so great to see you. Or, hey, I'm Chad Cargill and 
obviously it's at the high school. They would know it's her high school, but Hey, I'm Chad Cargill. Man, I'm really interested in Rose. I'd love to know what you can tell me. If you can just start that conversation, just start it. It's amazing what can happen. I did this every time. And I know you'll appreciate this, Dr. Webb, but it helped me so much, not only in the scholarship process, but even when I got to campus, I knew some people and they knew me. Absolutely. You have to have that mentor or that advisor or that case manager, somebody that cares about you once again. Makes all the difference in the world. If a student actually did tour right now, uh, and I'm going to speak specifically to Rose, it'll be this way at a lot of community colleges as well. Students are not going to believe what they see. First of all, I drove by there yesterday and right across from your campus, now I see the Chick-fil-A going in, looks like a, I don't know, Johnny Carino's, the, the, the new theater. And then you drive by campus and we got all this housing and construction. This is not some little small two-year school that it used to be. You've got new student union and library and dorms and just address what's going on there. It's pretty exciting. Thank you for allowing me to do that. It is extremely exciting. I'll start with, you know, we're fortunately, we're in a tech district and our citizens voted a $22 million project. And that allowed us to renovate some of the campus and the library in particular. And I, people got to go in the library because I mean, it's got a coffee shop and it's got computers and it's, it's, it's the learning, it's the library of the future. It's not the library that most people remember with thousands of books because libraries are very different today. So they need to do that. And then we've got a brand new student union. We are so excited. It will open in August with all kinds of food court and kind of a one-stop for enrollment. And that, see, that helps. They'll be able to get admitted. They'll be able to see student engagement. It'll all be in the same area. All kinds of activities will be going on. All different. We have different food stations for whatever kind of food you want. And then we've got on the second floor all kinds of uh, meeting space where we can hold large banquets and get all the students together. And, um, you know, it's kind of got something for everyone. It's just gorgeous because when you get on the campus, you can see all the way through the campus of all the glass that it has. And then housing has been so successful on our campus that we are in the second phase of our housing and have added uh, some additional housing. And so that will open also in August. And I want to mention, this is our 50th anniversary. So how exciting is it to open housing Super. and a brand new student union That is great, and all the activities that will be going on around that? I've talked to parents of students who live in those dorms. They rave about it. So many activities, so many things to do. And, and look, this doesn't just go for Rose. If you live near other small schools, especially parents who listen to this, don't take that small school for what it was 30 years ago. You know, I, I do workshops at University of Arkansas, Fort Smith campus. And I'm just telling you, this isn't the old West Stark. It's incredible there. When I'm in Sioux City, Iowa, I'll do workshops at Western Iowa Tech. And when I walk through there, the facilities, the programs, and they come up and talk about it, uh, you know, the, the opportunities before my class, it's incredible. It will blow you away. Well, anything you want to give as final thoughts on community colleges and Rose? Well, I think one thing it's important to kind of note is not only is a community college, it's like a family atmosphere, but we also have a lot of scholarship opportunities. If students will just get out there and look, 
Um, you know, at Rose State, we've got, of course, our presence leadership class, which your daughter, as a matter of fact, yeah, is a part it. of. Well, it's so important. And then we've got, you know, our Regent Fee Waiver Scholarships, our Academic All-Stars uh, Scholarships. We do a Ticket to Rose program for our tech district so that our students can uh, receive some money after it's kind of a gap funding deal. Um, our foundation does all kinds of scholarships. I think it's important to know that there's a lot of opportunities, but you've got to seek them out. You've got to go to that scholarship office. You've got to go to that student engagement. You've got to go to missions. You've got to talk to people. And uh, I mean, you know, we're willing to help everyone. And, and the thing, the key, I think, to a community college is to grow, but to still keep it feeling like a family atmosphere of people that really care, yeah. want you to be successful, and want to build your self-esteem. I think that's very important. Some of these small schools, as they grow, you know, they, they can start losing that small feel. And you, you see that in churches a lot. It becomes that big church, and then we forget and stop taking care of some of that small. So I'm, I'm sure it's the same way with the college. And, and one other thing I do want to mention is that uh, at Rose, um, and some community colleges have this and some don't, we do have a, a, a great workforce development uh, program that we're and that's the program that really works with Tinker and works with all of our certification programs. And, and uh, we work really closely with the Oklahoma Department of Commerce to do different kinds of initiatives. And so, you know, um, never forget, there's a lot of opportunities around the corner and you got to seek them out. So if students or parents want to learn more about Rose, how would you tell them to get started? Well, the first thing I would do is I'd go online and I would look at the campus and then I would make an appointment. And this is now, you know, we're not going to have COVID-19 forever. Once you get past COVID-19, I would make an appointment with that student engagement office. I would take that tour. I would ask questions. I would have them set appointments with the academic areas that I was interested in. I would get with those advisors who will case manage you and help walk you through that process. Because really the scariest thing is to walk on that campus and not know anyone. And so that student engagement office can just calm that and make you feel better and make you feel special and help you. Because we've all been there. I don't care how big or how small you are. It's intimidating when you don't know people, especially, you know, if you're an adult student or a young student, I don't care. Everyone's intimidated when they first walk on a campus. And you can go to rose.edu, and I'll have all of this in the show notes. You can also go to podcast.chadcargill.com. On the Rose website, at the top left, it says future students. You can get started and look at admissions and aid and see community colleges are incredibly cheap. So much so, you'll have to think twice a little bit if you're considering one of those really expensive ones. The website has a lot of great information. Well, Dr. Webb... I cannot even begin to tell you how thankful I am that you came onto the podcast. For those listening, I have such respect for Dr. Webb. I've, I've seen my daughter grow under her mentorship and uh, to be on her president's advisory council and PLC. It, it, it's really been special. I'm super thankful. And Dr. Webb is a, a fellow adoptive mom. So I, I think all of us parents who have adopted, we kind of have a special bond through that. And I'm excited for your daughter. Uh, Casey was telling me she might be going to Rose uh, as well. Is that true? She is. She cannot wait. She's already enrolled for summer and for fall, so she's ready to go. Well, that speaks highly of Rose. 
you're bringing your own kids and uh, uh, that says quite a bit. Well, I want to end with this. It's a question I love to ask guests. Dr. Webb, we know people who read are successful. So what have you read recently? What are you reading now? Or what are you excited to read in the near future? So in, I'm in the middle of, there's, John Maxwell's my favorite leadership author. Oh, uh, he's got some great ones. And he's written a new book. Called, oh, he, he's so good. And he's written a new book, which relates to exactly how I feel about life. It's called Leadership. And it's the 11 essential changes every leader uh, must embrace. And what he talks about is how our world is changing so fast with social media and with technology and colleges have got to be able to adapt at the same rate. So are you willing to shift? Are you comfortable with uncertainty? Because the future is very uncertain. And he talks in that book a little bit about you can't remain the same. You can't think the same if you really hope to be successful because the world does not remain static. And I think we've seen this with the COVID-19 and I respect him as an author, and I like his books because not only are they really fairly easy reads, but they're usable. Yes. You can use those in your leadership class you're teaching. You can use them for your thought process. I mean, how are you going to change? How are we going to stay ahead of this generation that's moving so fast? So that is a book that I like, came out in 2019. That's a, a, a very good book, I would say. 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Everyone who works for me, I give them a copy. Uh, man, we, we we have to implement those great concepts. That's how that's what we use. Now. I love that book. Yeah, it's fantastic. I uh, A book that I am getting ready to read. I've, I've already read it uh, several times, but I'm getting ready to do it with my adopted kids. Um, I have... Uh, uh, my, my five littles, I'm going to, I'm going to do it with them. And I say littles, I mean, 10, 10, nine, eight, eight, whatever. But, uh, uh, it's QBQ question behind the question by John Miller. Um, it's just a fantastic book. We, you know, we're having, uh, issues with our kids on the blame game, you know, well, why did he, why did he do that? Or he, you know, and so that book changes the why question to an I it's uh, it's a, it's how can I fix this? What can I do to make this situation better? rather than blaming everyone else. And so question behind the question, it's one of my top recommendations. I, I share that with everybody. I'm like, it, it's probably, other than the Bible itself, it may be the most life-changing book I've ever read. It's so simple, such a short book. Um, and uh, so I'm getting ready to read that with my kids. Well, one thing, and if I could say, Chad, as an adopted parent, which you've adopted many more than I have, is that's a life-changing event anyway. It's just the best thing you could ever do in your life and changes everything. And I, I absolutely think, it, well, I think we were meant to do that, but it was also the best thing we've ever done. So I think you understand that. You just have a lot more kids than I do. Well, uh, <laughs> a lot of people have asked if I think everyone should adopt, and I'm not necessarily saying that, but I think we can all play a part in it somehow. Uh, helping, mentoring, whatever. We, we all need help. Uh, we all need help in different ways. Okay, Dr. Webb, thank you so much for joining. I'm really excited uh, what you got going there at Rose. Uh, I know, and, and I know there's still great things yet to come. Thank you so much. And thank you for inviting me and have a wonderful day. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview. I know, uh, as I told you at the beginning, she has great energy. And you can tell just as she talks, how she really believes in what she says. And 
it doesn't matter where you live. Uh, it really doesn't, what community college around you, you need to take a look. And one of the key questions I think that you want to ask is, hey, what kind of placement do you have out of here? Um, you know, if I get a two-year degree from here, um, you know, what kind of job opportunities do I get from that? Or, hey, I'm going to take my first two years here. I want to transfer to my state university. Um, what do these classes transfer? How can I be assured of that? Um, and so a, a lot of those kind of questions are going to be really beneficial. And many times, you know, with the cost of college these days is so outrageous. You can get through those first two years and come out really in good shape financially, especially if you're willing to work a part-time job uh, while you go there. So definitely look into that. And uh, I just think it's a, it's a valid option. And hopefully that interview kind of sealed the deal that you'll at least take a look and see, uh, you know, if that's what you should do. I will have everything in the show notes. Again, you can go to podcast.chadcargill.com and you will be able to see that uh, in whatever uh, podcast app you like to use, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, you'll find us there. Subscribe to that. And that way each week when a new episode comes up, it'll automatically pop into your feed. If you're an Apple Podcast user, I would please love it if you would uh, leave a review on there. If you can uh, go to that ratings, uh, hit that five-star button and just type a few words on the review. I would really appreciate that. Um, when you do leave that review, feel free to give a shout out to your high school or uh, uh, one of the uh, uh, groups at your high school, whatever. Uh, if you're in the band, if you're in uh, drama debate, FFA, academic team, whatever, uh, mention that and uh, I'll read that on, uh, I'll try to read some of those on uh, future episodes. And uh, I, I just really appreciate if you do that, it would help this a bunch. I'm going to have another free uh, webinar coming on Friday. If you're listening to this live, then, well, that's going to be tomorrow. So tomorrow, Friday, May 1st, this one is going to be parents focused. So it's a Q&A session for parents and you can ask anything you want. And I, I'm very excited to, to answer those. And I know uh, uh, sometimes parents will ask me different things about when my kids should take the test or here's my son's situation. What do you think? And I'd be glad to answer those as well. You'll find that your uh, high school counseling offices do an unbelievable job uh, use that resource, uh, listen uh, to their expertise on that. And uh, you'll find in that q and I'm going to be uh, reemphasizing a lot of things that they tell you. And certainly if you're homeschool, I know you'll have a lot of questions. And I, I get uh, uh, an enormous amount of questions from homeschool parents. And so don't hesitate to get on this uh, Q&A and ask anything you want, because I would really be happy to try to help you any way I can. So I will put the registration link not only in the show notes, but I'll have it on the Chad Cargo Workshops Facebook page. So if you go to that, uh, you'll you'll find it. And uh, hopefully uh, uh, I'll see you in that Q&A. Well, all right, that'll do it for this week. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And uh, next week uh, we'll continue. So you can look for this podcast every Thursday and a new episode should be coming out. And we'll, we'll do uh, a lot of different things. We'll talk not only uh, those specific test-taking tips and strategies, but we'll dabble into careers and jobs as we did last week with writing. And we will uh, also talk colleges and, and ways to find those. And got a lot of exciting episodes to come and can't wait to be back with you. All right. Well, you guys have a great week. Stay safe and I'll talk to you again soon.